Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. In this edition of Like Family, we look at families and food. Cooking together. She pick up like microwave rice or noodles or just something. I suppose we're not eating the healthiest. We should be eating a little bit healthier. We keep saying we're going to do it, but next Monday. <laughs> eating together. It's not just filling needs in your body. It's also fulfilling needs in your soul. Growing together. I'm growing the sun gold tomatoes and I've just started a bit of lettuce down there. My beer traps are working fine. The slugs are getting caught up. We've got some peas up here. And, and you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. When I was a child, I spent a lot of time with my granny Kathleen in Allenwood in County Kildare, where she had a small cottage and a big garden backing right onto the banks of the canal. Granny was widowed and her sons and daughter lived with her. She grew vegetables and fruit in her garden and cooked a dinner every day. Everyone sat together, shared a laugh and cleared their plates. The rhythm of her life revolved around growing, cooking and serving family meals. That world has all but vanished. Michael and Aileen have three little daughters, Nellie, Epi and Nan. Yeah, we're going to show Brenda the chickens. Yeah, we've got hens here and uh, we've got... We've got three of them setting the yeah. yeah, and as you can see, she's excited, she's delighted. In rural County Wexford, we're visiting their hen house. The hen house now. We're, we're hanging, Epi. We're heading into the hen house, Brenda, and uh, it, uh, it smells like a hen house now, so block your yeah, nose. that's all right. Yeah, but we'll be able to see all the baby chickens here now. And what are we looking for? We've got nesting boxes here, and we've got we've got three hens who are setting on one batch of eggs, and are sharing the baby. They're sharing the baby chickens around. So we basically we should be taking the eggs off and butcher. I I haven't got the heart to. I I like the girls to see chickens and see them hatching out. To be honest with you, we had them when we were children, and it's, it's kind of nice. Give Talk to shout. me about the eggs that are here. Do you eat them or what do you do? All these are in in these nest box here. These were all just uh, fresh eggs late this morning, so we'd have about half a dozen to a dozen eggs every day. Now as it is, we've got three of them setting in different boxes over here, so we can't touch those. Um, and they're going to bring out a uh, baby chickens. Hopefully, isn't that, isn't that right, girls? Yeah. Yeah. Down there, oh, look at the baby chicks. They're so cute. Aww. Yeah. And I hold my baby you, chicken. You hold your baby chicken there. Tell me, Nelly, do you like the eggs? This yeah. one's only been born, Brenda. Look. Oh, look. Aww. It's still wet from the egg. It's only after hatching out. Aww. Yeah, it's literally only after coming out of the egg. Look at it. It's, co- it's still wet. Look at it. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Put them back in. I will. Hold it back in there now. So cute. Yeah, li- yeah. It's brand new chicken. Brand new chicken. This one, my red and black one. I think that I got three. I think that you would get a red and black one. Would you eat the eggs from these chickens? Uh, yeah, I would. And what would you eat? Just a boiled egg or? Goggy eggs, fried eggs and boiled. All kinds of eggs. Well, you've plenty of chickens. So you would do this most mornings, you come out and take the egg. In the morning, they get up out of bed and they don't want to eat breakfast, don't want to get dressed, don't want to do so it's out in the yard, feed the cats, feed the hens, collect the eggs and come back in again. And then they're hungry. Fresh air helps, yeah. Michael recalls family memories of food. And I suppose I, I want to go right back, even to my own mother and father's time, to grow up on the coast of Wexford, 1940s, 1950s, and Mammy always said they grew up and they cooked everything on the open fire. And this is not the west of Ireland in the 1800s, this is northeast part of Wexford. And she said that they were sent out into the field to go out now and pick bouillons. And bouillons were dried cow dung. And they cooked everything on the open fire and they'd come in and they'd cook. So what did they do with the cow dung? They used it for cooking. And what they did was they collected the dry cow dung. Everything was cooked in the open fire in the crane. And the, uh, the bread pan was a kind of a metal pan and you put the corn bread in it or the, or the brown bread into it, the cake of it in, in, into it. And you'd have the grease shock, a bit of coal or a few sticks. And the, cow, the dry cow dung were brought in and thrown on top of this to lid, on the lid of that. But that was happening in my mother's time up in the 1960s. And loads of people I'll, I'll talk to will remember doing, doing that. But that's where we're coming from, from a lot of people. So this kind of connection to food is completely new. The thoughts of even going out and going to a restaurant from my mother and father, who are poor country people, that was completely foreign to them, absolutely foreign to them. Get a bag of chips in town now was, was, was going out, you know. <laughs> really, you know. Hey, don't knock it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was born in 1975, and I remember up, the, up till the 80s, oh, it was always rabbit at home. And the smell of rabbit being gutted at home was, was terrible, you know, the smell of it. Or, or plucking pheasants or plucking ducks whatever and we, we kind of faded away 
then it became where we discovered the supermarket you know we went to Gory and we discovered I remember going into this first supermarket in Gory and just the size of it and the size of a trolley and I'm sure my mother would have been the same you know this this yoke that you could fill and for them it was a complete turning point for to come from a whole generation where they stored their spuds they were digging pits to store the spuds they were um, salt and herns and then just for it just to happen this just we've everything now we've we've, we've no shortage Michael and Aileen are encouraging their girls to eat well as they explained at the kitchen table. We do tend to eat at the kitchen table. I suppose the kitchen for us is the kind of the centre of the of like so many families in Ireland, for us anyway, it is the centre of where everything happens. Um we kinda of move it around depending on what time of the year it is, all right in the, in the room that we're in. But yeah, we do, and if you're having anyone around for a few drinks you're always always around the kitchen table or a few songs is always around the kitchen table. We try to get them around around the kitchen table is important and we try to have structured times. Um getting them cooking, cooking scones or making bread, you know, the, like Nana's tree, Nan's brilliant at making scones. Scones. I get her making scones. They love She's three. She's three. We'll do it. I get all the bits yeah. and pieces out, and sure, she'll get her hands in, and she'll do it, and then she'll she'll put the glaze on on them. You know, the dough is like play dough, and then the paint and putting the glaze on. She's really handy with it. It's like paint, oh, and yeah. then you know, she, I had her peel and carrots, the roast veg we have there. She peeled a load of them. So, do you think it's important to try and get them cooking themselves? Yeah, because then they've an interest in it. Like that, collecting the eggs as well. They're mm. they're good for eating eggs too because they've collected them. You know, mm. so. But despite their very best efforts, they have a modern family problem of getting the girls to eat. Well, you're just after asking me, Brenda, what's for the girls here tonight. And all I have in mind is the big load of roast veg that the girls helped me peel yesterday because that'll be the basis of a pasta sauce now this evening. But you see, we'll put the pasta on. The girls, they won't eat a load of, they won't eat these load of vegetables. They'll probably have the pasta. So again, I'm thinking of dinner, but I'm already separating out what oh, we're going to have yeah. and what they're going to have. So I had those carrots done separately yeah. because uh, the simple food, you know, they like the simple food. They don't like it all mixed up. Mm-hmm. So you're going to kind of hide the vegetables in the sauce. <laughs> no, that's what we'll try. There's yeah. Epi likes the tomato sauce. See, again, I'm separating out. They don't eat the same. Just yeah. don't eat the same. It's a piece of work. Yeah. yeah, and as you can look in our window, Brenda, we've got two kind of uh, plastic containers, and uh, the two plastic containers are yeah. where all the empty, all the food that we don't eat goes into, and that's full yeah. up, full up every day, yeah. and that goes out to feed the hens in the morning, and that does, and then the hens go out, and we get eggs, and uh, yeah. and they're happy to lay eggs. So you're saying that there's three of them, there's yourselves, and it's hard to get them all to eat the same thing. So what do you do? And it's funny, I go around to friends' houses and they'll have the little ones sitting down and the little ones would be eating curry like the mothers and fathers and I'd be cursing them. I'd be giving out, I'd say, jeez, I'd, I'd love the day when my ones be eating the curry beside me, you know. But no, they don't do it and we just have to, and maybe we weren't strict enough when we were smaller, maybe that could be it. It used to happen in my mother and father's place and it happens with Aileen's mother and father now, whatever. To go down to Aileen's mother and father's and eat spuds till cows come home. Mm. If we put spuds down in front of them, they won't eat them. Mm. That's, that's the truth. The, the late things on there that I wouldn't eat here mm. but all the, the, the swear by Aileen's father I suppose anyway So the single family dinner is history I leave Michael and Aileen to figure out who will eat what for tonight's dinner and head up the N11 and around the M50 to where I call into the Davis family Jennifer's daughters Kerry and Aoife are young adults and are sitting down to a dinner cooked by Enda This is a rare occasion God, you look like a very uh, together family, everybody <laughs> sitting around the table here. Is this normal, um, uh, Jennifer? No, it wouldn't actually be the norm um, with everyone working different ways. End of work, shift work. I'm Monday to Friday, nine to five. The girls don't know their route from one week to the next. Yeah, so this wouldn't be the norm. We're all probably here at the same time. Yeah. How are you, Andy? You're cooking today, are you? Yeah, um, nothing spectacular. It smells uh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's just normal chicken, potatoes, veg. So you're sitting at the kitchen table. Yeah. How would you normally have your dinner? Mm, normally microwaved and uh, after everybody else is eaten. Kerry is a student with a part-time job. Because um, I normally finish work a lot later than everybody else, mm. so... I kind of just come in and have it and then maybe watch telly and go to bed. It changes every day, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't say that I have it at a certain time. Teenage Aoife also works part-time. Because I don't know what time I'll be finished work at. So whenever I'm kind of hungry, I just stick it in the microwave. It's very hard to get the time for everybody to plant themselves down 
at the table. Definitely, yeah. Um, and he's off sometimes midweek. So then that would be the day we'd probably have a dinner, dinner. And the girls might just text and say, is there any dinner on? But if Eve was in work, like she might text me and say, well, I pick something up in Tesco's. She'd pick up like microwave rice or noodles or just mm-hmm. something. I suppose we're not eating the healthiest. We should be eating a little bit healthier. We keep yeah. saying we're going to do it, but next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite stressful when you're trying to organise not just dinner for yourself but for other people as well and you're working it was much easier when the girls were smaller and their routines were so set and my work schedule was so set but I just find it harder now especially with their social lives and friends and work and college and school um, I find it harder for us all to be in even the same room at the same time and even if we are uh, like as you can see one phone is there she has no phone because she's only out of the shower but usually the phones are they're eating with one hand and on the phone with the other as well. Yes, Edna. And I'm guilty myself now. I'd be just checking my phone, sports results, stuff like that. When I eat, sit down to eat my dinner, I won't have a phone. Okay. But I can see why the younger people now, everything is their phone. Mm. Absolutely everything goes through the phone. And can I come to you girls? If you're going to eat, would you always feel you needed your phone or wanted your phone around you? Yeah, mm. kind of, yeah. Just in case anyone's trying to get in contact with me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, if someone tries to ring me and my phone is upstairs or something like that, like... It would be more so that, like, I'm finished work, so I haven't had my phone for eight hours, so I'd be, like, checking the WhatsApp groups. and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, checking the WhatsApp groups, like, if my boyfriend texts me, if my dad texts me, like... It's more just kind of catching up on the day of people. Yeah. I'm laughing at this one, saying, you know, if anyone tried to ring her... I was trying to ring her last night and I couldn't get her. Yeah. So um, sometimes the phones are not in their hands yeah, when you want them to have them. <laughs> Jennifer, can I take you back to your own childhood and your own eating habits? What would they have been? Do you remember? Well, compared to the food we eat today, very, very plain. Every meal would have had potatoes um, involved in it. and um, Potatoes, meat and veg. Um, maybe... At the weekend. Sorry, Enda's doing the dinner here. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe at the weekend we would have chips or things like that. But we would have never, ever had a takeaway. Never. I think the first time we ever got a Chinese takeaway, my mum was away with the women and my dad said, I'm going to treat you all. And it was such a big deal. But we were all in our teens at that age. But um, like, would have never really had McDonald's or anything like that. But I think now it's just, it's really part of the kids' diet. The children now are just so used to eating out in nice restaurants, know what they like to eat, know sauces they like. Would have never really been like that growing up. Mm. As well, my own parents would have always preferred to have their dinner at midday, during the day. It was like a really old-fashioned thing. And my granny, um, they would have had dinner like about half one and then the tea for about five o'clock. So if we were off during the summer, we would have always had a dinner midday. And like that, when we were younger, playing out on the road and you get the call in to be in for your dinner and in for your tea there was very set times there was no snacking really in between plus as well we didn't have money to be you know oh, to spend beautiful chicken ending end is the cook in the family yeah. here that's lovely yeah and would you have all ate at a table? We would have all definitely ate in the kitchen at the table. No TV in the kitchen. Um, like, uh, you know, every room sort of had a function. There was a kitchen, a sitting room was where the t- only television in the house was. So there was no way you were bring- allowed to bring your dinner in there. And you don't mind me saying you were in your kitchen here. Yeah. And it has a huge television on the wall. There's actually more TVs in this house than there is people. Uh, like, and every TV in that could be going in the house at the one time, and nobody watching it. Mm. I think it's like a comfort thing. We just put it on the minute we come in now. And Enda, if you can join in here, oh yeah. look, look at him dishing out the dinner. So Enda, is your experience similar to Jennifer's? A little bit different. Um, Sunday was today. Absolutely, Sunday was just what you have here: simple roast chicken, potatoes, vegetables, gravy. That was it. Simple. All sat down and the radio might be on, could be sport or something on. There were the big memories for me. What other benefits besides the nutrition do you think that all around the table 
gave I, you? I just think conversation, like what happened in school today, what happened um, playing out on the road. I had two brothers, so there would have been a lot of talk about Liverpool Football Club. But I just think the general chit-chat of incidents that just might have happened during the day that you don't really talk about now. I find the only time really I'd get a good bit of chat out of the girls is probably if I'm in the car. Um, you know, on a one-to-one basis and you might get a little bit of chat about the friends or who's with going out with who or who's finished with who. Or So I just think that was more the chat around the table when we were growing up. And Sunday also would have been a big day in our house because my mum would have done Sunday, my granny would have come out. There would have been, you know, people always over on a Sunday and we always got a dessert on a Sunday and that was a treat. Like, it's not a treat for kids these days, you know. But we still do a Sunday, like we'll have turns maybe. My mum still does dinner on a Sunday, but I might say, event is off, where we'll do dinner. Like we do barbecue this Sunday and we invite everybody up. Like it's an open house on a Sunday. Mm. But that's the time when you love sitting around chatting. Mm. And that would remind you of every day when you were growing up. Um, There was just always someone in the house, always. I think it did make us very close, you know. Now, all of you throw in on this. So if, say you wanted to eat together as a family more than you do currently, right? What would have to happen to enable that? I think if it's someone's birthday or something, an occasion. Exactly. It has to be an occasion for um, Christmas, birthdays. Um, But if, say, you were to do it next week, how would you you manage it? I have to say, who's working next Wednesday, Thursday? Are we on? Are we off? I'd say between the four of us, you're probably Jennifer the easiest, not the easiest, because you're, you're a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. then we'll start with, well, Jennifer's going to be here at six o'clock, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday. Aoife may not, I may not, or Kerry may not. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to look at your roster, what way the girls are working. So you, it could be two weeks down the line. Yeah. Right, we're eating at six o'clock towards the two weeks. You so know. What you're saying is it's nearly impossible oh, yeah, for yeah. you to Absolutely. eat together as a family regularly. It yeah, wouldn't, yeah. definitely wouldn't be regular. No. Never, never. No. Can't guarantee that you're going to be off. The guy's meant to be off today, and I got called in nine to five, and you just have to go in. Like you have to take the hours that are gone. Yeah. She was meant to be off at four. She stayed there till six. Like, yeah. you know, you can't. I like if that's the case. Like if I dinner was meant to be at five today, and I was in till six. Like I just come home and microwave it. They'd probably have dinner together, and I'd probably just eat it after them. Like yeah. they'd probably still be in the kitchen, fluting around, making cups of tea, and watching the telly. And I probably would have my dinner, but you'd be the only one eating. Mm. But you'd still be talking. I'd still be talking to mm. you and yeah. stuff like that. But like, not necessarily about anything in particular. <coughs> but she always loves telling us stories of customers. Yeah. She loves working with people, don't you, Kerry? Mm. Um, there's always a, a story of some drama that happened. So that would probably be the chat while we're sitting probably over there watching TV and she's having her dinner. How many takeaways would you say you'd have? Definitely, it's a treat on a Sunday. But I, pizzas, Chinese, I've just totally gone. all gone. I'm out. What about, what about Mammy and the, the girls? Well, I know you're pointing at me, but I, you would often come in and there'd be a dinner there and say, I, I don't want that, I'm going to order something. And then they'll always say to me, do you want anything? And I'd say no, but when it comes, I will pick at it. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah. But uh, they would order Chinese, That's pizza. A lot, of, a lot of Chinese. Wouldn't you, you would order like a good bit. Would I go over to them? Yeah. yeah. So what would you say? couple of times a week she's doing PT at the minute and yeah. I've, I've joined the gym but like so we're trying to cut down yeah we used to be really bad we used to order about three or four times a week but it's probably like once a week now if they're both out on the night out I've often come down the next day in the, you know the morning and there's the remnants of McDonald's. McDonald's or pizza or you did find somewhere that opens 24 hours was it yeah um, so there would be even if they've had a dinner that day or uh, same as myself if I'm actually out just when you come home after a few drinks you might just say oh there's a Chinese like you know just no. across the road you know no you just want something tasty after a night or something after coming in do you know what I mean yeah but when you listen to your mum and dad there and they're talking about their lives growing up and you all had breakfast together and you all had your dinner and it was all plain and simple does that seem like a world apart from your lives? Not really, because we used to go to my nana's on a Sunday, every Sunday as well. Like, and my nana would still often make a Sunday dinner for us and send it up in the microwave for, <laughs> like, worried about you. Yeah, <laughs> and then like she'll ring us, like maybe not as much anymore because we don't know what way we'll be working. But like, she always makes like this amazing curry, and she'd be like, "Oh, I'll make a freeze. You just want to come up?" Like, so we'd go to my nana and all of us have That's dinner. Not my really nana's that regular though, Kerry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, not anymore. Yeah. Can I ask you, what is your favourite takeaway? Chinese. 
Yeah. Yeah, chicken curry, rice, noodles, prawn crackers, <laughs> anything that's going, chips. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Kerry? What's your favourite? My favourite would probably be Thai. I love yeah. Singapore noodles out of the Thai restaurants. Mm. But like, it's more expensive because it is the healthier option to uh, Chinese. But like, Chinese is just handier. Yeah. It's quicker and it's like across the road. So I suppose you would probably get Chinese more. But I prefer the Thai food. Can you, can you explain to me, girls? what it's like sit down have the phone beside you have the Chinese have the remote control is that chilling out? That would yeah, be relaxing It would be relaxing yeah but it's obviously like you feel crap afterwards like real sluggish and all like you know you don't enjoy it like but I just suppose when just comfort food isn't it like yeah. I don't know yeah. same as eating a packet of crisps like yeah no it is just comfort food But is it enjoyable? Yeah, yeah at the time, I time the first few bites and then you just keep <laughs> then you just keep going because it's uh, like it's too nice to stop eating but you don't want anymore do you know what I mean yeah. and then you just feel like an absolute whale well, after I don't know if Eva's the same but I just prefer like spicy food like and stuff like that like like a Sunday dinner wouldn't really appeal to me I'd much prefer to go for like to have Mexican food or to have Thai food or Chi- like obviously Chinese like a, or like a curry or a chilli or something like that I'd like, they're the dinners that I would love, like... Jennifer and Enda are really trying to sort things out. You know, we do, we do try and make an effort, sure. You know, Eve only turned 18 this year, Kerry's 21. And, you know, life is slightly different even from last year. And they're getting their bit of freedom out a bit later, you know. And you, you still want them to be communicating, you're telling you where they are, who they're with. And, you know, so as I said, sometimes I think just in the car sometimes is a good time to have a little chat but like sitting around the table eating dinner is a brilliant time if everything is off and the phones are away definitely you know we don't try that enough ma'am like we never sit down and say all right let's all put our phones away let's turn off the telly and let's have a chat you know what i mean like we never like we don't make enough of an effort i don't think to do that yeah at the same time um we tried something in seven days and we couldn't sit down within seven days so it's it's a time and thing as well we don't make the effort you're right but it's to get the time to sort of, you know, there within seven days, we couldn't pick a day, you know. So it is it is hard. So home cooking and eating together has become a rare treat for this household. And as Jennifer, Enda, Carrie and Aoife try to figure out their next family dinner, I head back on the motorway again to visit the NACE daycare centre built by the local community. So Barry, for this afternoon's delight, we have <laughs> we have ice cream jelly and peaches. We have rice with peaches, and we have custard with peaches. Would you like some peaches? I'll get you the. You like the ice cream, don't like you? Cream. Yeah, and the jelly. Okay. And what about you, Barry? What would you like? Just jelly. Just jelly, please. Jelly for you. Okay. You're on a diet this week. Okay? <laughs> All right. Eating together is the secret ingredient that makes the food served at the NACE daycare centre so special, as Shan, who works with the HSC, explains. Isolation can cause as much harm as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Isolation has an effect that it lowers your immune system, it shortens your life. So I'm always preaching, while we do simple things here every day, there's the food, the light, the water, the heat, but the big thing is... There's company and companionship. It's interesting, all of the things you do there, mm. a lot of it revolves around food. You do a breakfast, a dinner and a an tea, tea yeah. and an afternoon tea. Everybody loves a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Come on in and we'll have the tea. There's one of the ladies who works here, May O'Neill, and she always says, tea with a smile. You know, it's not just the tea or the bread or the toast. It's how you're welcomed, how it's served to you, the chat that you have when you're having it. Some people are at home, they're eating on their own all week. You don't enjoy it. You know, whereas if you're eating and you're chatting and you're having the crack, you enjoy your food better, you take your time over it. It's not just filling needs in your body, it's also fulfilling needs in your soul. The need to share companionship with other people, the need to feel a little bit loved and not on your own. So, you know, that, that's what we do here. The thing is, you if you're on your own, you're not even motivated to make anything, really. 
Mm. You know, you might make a slice of bread or a quick sandwich. In here, you get good, proper nourishment. People say maybe, oh, that's that's the only dinner I make. I get in the week. Now there is meals on wheels as well, and a lot of people avail of that. That's a lifeline for people at home. So you know, this is this is life saving. What we do is actually basically life saving. We. We have families always bringing in cakes and buns. We're mad for afternoon teas here. So it's very much about coming together and eating and enjoying the crack and the fun and hearing what's going on in your community and feeling part of your community, feeling loved and cherished by your community. I'm dying to get in and talk to them, which I'm going to do in one minute. But Shan, you have me in good humour. You love your job. Every day I wake up and put the lipstick on Head in the door. Doesn't matter what's happening outside, at home, or if the world's falling apart. I love coming in here. I get into a conversation with Betty, who explains that her husband has died. I'm all alone. Did you have children? I had ten children. What? I have 28 grandchildren, and I have 12 great-grandchildren. Betty? Congratulations, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Is there family around or would you find yourself being on your own a little bit? A little bit, because they all have families. Yeah. But they come in and open and they're only a phone call away. So when you come here, you're not on your own, obviously. So is that what it's about? I'm a new person to say was invited here. I don't be as lonely and I've missed people. You had ten children. So I'd say you didn't eat alone for many years. Tell me what it was like. Well, going to school and they all had their porridge. They all had their porridge. There was no, I want this one and I want that. Like they are now. I know. And for dinner, a pot of stew with everything in it for them. And would they all sit down at the table together? They'd all sit around. When you were used to having a crowd around the table and... And you know, it's only one by one that I get married and leave, and, and then you were with, you had nobody, and you get in that with her, I'm not bothered today, or maybe you'd be brought out one of them. Now, they were very good to me, don't get me wrong. Oh, I know. But if I did not uh, feel like cooking. And did you feel well with that, or did you feel, oh, hang on, I'm not looking after myself properly here? In the latter years, I have, yeah, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling myself properly because. You lose interest in yourself. The only thing get me going is the old football. <laughs> is that Kildare? Kildare. Oh, I, so we had an OK year this year. OK, yeah. Well, 98 was 98 great. 98 was, so was the was year. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you come here one or many days a week? On a Monday and a Wednesday. It has given me um, a great lift, a reason. I love so delighted because Monday morning I'm getting up and coming up here I'll have a lovely dinner a lovely meal and you've got good company here I presume having your dinner with people oh, makes is a big difference what's that like we're all a family yeah you know we all know one another and we're just one big family mm. and we laugh together we have a great time here and the staff are wonderful That's Betty at the Nace Daycare Centre. And sharing the dinner is as important as the dinner itself. So we've met some ordinary Irish families. The children are a bit fussy. The teens love their takeaways. The busy parents are trying to do their best. And the older members of families miss the company that went with family dinners. The rhythm of family and food my grandmother lived by has been completely disrupted. Professor Donal O'Shea treats patients with obesity. He reflects on changes in family meals in his lifetime. We would have got up every morning. We'd have had breakfast as a family. At lunchtime, you had an hour for lunch, cycled home. Uh, My dad was the one who mostly got home at lunchtime, so... There would be four of us around the table at lunch and then uh, it would 
have been seven days a week where the family would have had their main meal but in the evening uh, and you know my parents would have told me about when they were growing up their main meal was lunchtime now fast forward I don't see my kids in the morning I'm gone to work my wife has gone to work uh, they do their own breakfast they're teenagers they're in school through lunch we do make a big effort to have a family meal in the evenings and that would happen uh, maybe four times a week and I think that's actually ahead of the average uh, it's just amazing that that change the pace of life is is unbelievably fast but I think we do have to take the lessons uh, you know you miss out on so much if you don't sit around the table as a family uh, so there's so much shaping of personalities goes on around that table as you grow up that we've got to maintain that uh, and that has been broadly lost. Donald treats patients with obesity and the health services dealing with this and other diseases influenced by the way we live. At the moment we have a health service crippled by cancer, diabetes, heart disease and if we were eating healthily and we were more physically active, you would completely transform the health landscape in a really positive way. And Donald describes a perfect storm created by our changing food habits. I think cookery has to some extent become entertainment, a spectator sport and not something that you do. If you put, you know, crap in, then that's what's fueling your body and you will be physically harmed by that. If you're not out and physically active, which you are less likely to be if you're fueling yourself with rubbish, then you've got that perfect storm of physical inactivity, poor diet, and that unfortunately describes the majority of our population at the moment and that feeds perfectly into the food industry's plans for a continued consumption of high salt, high fat, high sugar, highly processed foods on a kind of an ongoing basis. And as we make efforts to improve our nutrition, Donald says we should also remember the deeply social aspect of family meals. We know more about food now than we ever did. We're accumulating evidence in the nutrition world now about what is a healthy diet. And I think, you know, it's going to be mainly carbohydrate uh, as, as, as the main source, but it might not be carbohydrate from uh, bread and rice. It may be more from your fruit and veg and salad. You need protein and uh, you need fat in your diet. And there are the three elements. And then you need your vitamins and your minerals. And that comes from your varied diet. So we're going to have very good evidence about what is a healthy diet. We're going to have the social media to communicate that message globally, regardless of your socioeconomic group or your location in the world. So that will happen over the next 40 years. It's absolutely vital that we preserve the nurture that you get from a family environment and that dynamic around the table is like no other dynamic and will shape you as the person that you're meant to be coming from your family in your town. We've got to preserve that. Otherwise, we'll just become global individuals without personality are all with the same personality. Like, it's a horrendous vision uh, if you allow us to just think about all becoming Snapchat people. And I mean, I do Snapchat, and some of it's very positive, and some of it's just awful. Too much information, information about nothing, information that won't change how you think. Chats around the table change how you think. Uh, For society to move forward, you have to have healthy discussion. Where do you get trained in a healthy discussion? Well, you get trained at home first and then you get trained uh, in school and in the school yard and on the pitch. 
But if your training doesn't ever start, if there isn't a, a dynamic around the table, then you're kind of coming from nowhere and you won't begin that further development. But Donald is hopeful that we will figure it out. We were the thinnest country in Europe in the 40s, at the end of the Second World War. And then we gradually got kind of better nutrition. And by the mid-70s, we were on a par with the rest of Europe and had obesity rates that I think are about what we should have. There'll always be obesity, um, but we were in around the 12% adults obese and practically no childhood obesity, you know, the odd, just the odd kid. It wasn't actually measurable. And then in the 1970s, the takeaways kind of took off. So Ireland was on a kind of a catching up from the 40s through the 70s. And then we just continued the trajectory. And Ireland is a magnificent country. We are really enthusiastic. We're very much all or nothing. So, you know, we do a property boom like no other country. We do a bust like no other country. So we're enthusiasts. And I just think we have applied that to everything. And that's where my hope for the future is if Ireland can change its thinking around uh, where we are with obesity, really declare it unacceptable and start chasing the health space, the eat more at home space, the eat more as a family space. If we can start chasing that with the same enthusiasm as we do lots of other things, then we're a small country and we can do a lot uh, very quickly to improve our health, physical and mental. Professor Don Loche talking about chasing the health space. So what would this health space look like? It's quite an idealistic picture. Meet Dylan, who's eight. Um, we're going to fill some water into this watering okay, can. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> and what have you grown here? I've grown some strawberries, some plants and some flowers. But I grew some pumpkins, but then the snails came along and ate them all. Okay, so what did you learn from that? Uh, not to plant pumpkins near snails. He lives in Ladiesbridge in County Cork with his sister Saoirse and his mum Karen who is head of community development with Grow It Yourself, GIY.ie. So over there we have the little stream that runs through it, um, clearly affected by the heat and the drought of recent (laughs) weeks. Um, A lovely um, project that the Tidy Towns crew took on. This used to be known as the jungle, Mm. which pretty much sums it all up. And they've created a lovely space for people to come and hang out with a big focus on biodiversity and and the pollinator plants. So that's a lovely place to sit and have a little picnic. Oh, isn't it lovely? Yeah. Yeah. My mum is from the area. She's from Ladies Bridge. My my nan and papa lived just over there. My, My papa total legend was the um, principal of the school so that oh she thought you were very rooted oh here, yeah, yeah yeah big time now technically of course I'm still considered a blow-in because you know yeah. <laughs> only my mother and my grandfather are from here not me <laughs> um, so yeah we, we do we wanted to do something that was going to be very kind of community focused so we created a community allotment and then at the same time as you can see there's a flat piece of grass here perfect yeah. for nice kick Dylan playing football um, so it's yeah. big enough to have um, eight raised beds um, all of which are in production with everything from garlic so this is front and centre here so yeah. I know it looks horrendous but that's actually because it's time to harvest it Okay. so that was sown back in the depths of winter in December and we've been harvesting it that's all ready to come out now Lovely. Um, spuds are also being harvested now so there's okay. a couple of them behind it yeah. um, spuds grow really really well here I don't yeah. know why I don't know whether it's luck or we've just got the right soil or whatever the cork, whatever. Cork, oh, air. The cork oh, air Um this bed at the moment has peas coming in and again oh yeah you can see that yeah yeah I mean to be to be honest part of me is a little glad that it is radio um, because it's not looking as beautiful as it can and, and that's really down to two reasons. The first one is we have had the maddest heatwave and drought summer and there was just no way that we could justify, you know, filling the watering cans over from the graveyard across the way, which we have permission to do. 
to come and water here like there was a ban on um, we had to kind of let it go so it's it's not in full production as it normally could be but it'll come back yeah. we'll, it'll come back we'll, we'll get the bed sorted over winter and do it again nothing like a few stones to hold down a door yes so we're going into a polytunnel now okay yeah. hello hello oh look at this is fantastic what is this little man doing i'm leah and i've got my four-year-old paddy and my one-year-old molly who's a bit sick today so we'll forgive her and he was meant to be watering the lettuces but he's making a tunnel and a mud pie instead so what are you growing leah well i'm growing the sun gold tomatoes and we've got some russian kale and i've just started a bit of lettuce down there my beer traps are working fine the slugs are getting caught up We've got some peas up here and is there anything else? That was it really. Leah explains, having moved to Ireland with her Irish husband, the allotment has allowed her to put down roots. I've always had a bit of an interest in gardening and growing food and getting satisfaction of growing my own food. My grandpa always had an allotment. My sister was into her allotment as well back in the UK and it's just something I always felt that was in me and the fact that I moved here and there was an allotment on my doorstep well it was bound to happen so I eventually got in touch with Karen she eventually got in touch back so I've been helping out and like it hasn't been a great summer for growing we're going to set up properly for over the winter and see how much we can grow for next year but do you think this has um, allowed you settle in a little bit oh, definitely, more? Oh definitely yeah. definitely and as you can tell, um, I've got a bit of a screaming baby. Yeah, <laughs> so it is, it is a place to sort of reset and then go home and then go back to the chaos. Um, you come here and it's, it's a different world altogether compared to this state and it's just somewhere to breathe for, for a few moments. Yeah, yes, like I, I, I echo that. So, I mean, no more than Lee, I'm also a really busy um, working mom and there's times that I've come here and it like with my head melted, you know, just like like a washing machine, like and my stress levels up there and the shoulders up here. And even though it might take me, you know, a little bit of bribery <laughs> to get the kids to come with me, like once we literally once we cross over into the grass and into the allotment area, the whole thing shifts. Everybody the th- with, the, with the three of us. And I don't know whether it's because it's just a change of environment. So immediately the dynamic changes. But suddenly the shoulders drop down. You can focus on doing a bit of stuff in the soil. And nature, nature kicks in. Like that's, that's what happens. And, and I know myself as well that if I, if I don't have the kids, because I'm, I'm a single mom. So if they've gone over to their dads or whatever. Um, and again, my head is a bit melted. I just come over and I, I, I come over saying, I'm just going for 10 minutes. And 10 minutes weeding, I swear to God, like when you're just <laughs> directing all of it into the weeding and you're pulling it out and you get into that rhythm of it. I wouldn't go so far now as to say mindful because that's kind of a calm version. <laughs> but you suddenly, it shifts. It, the, the, the balance does shift because human beings are meant to be active. We're meant to be outdoors. We're meant to be working with our hands. how we were designed. So, you know, new tech Technology has come in, and don't get me wrong, I'll sit down and watch Orange is the New Black like a mad joke. But we need to flip it around on its head. And for that to become a little and, and kind of unusual and actually being outside and moving and getting dirty. And I don't know about Julia, but like at the start, I was a bit sort of, oh, no, don't do that. And you can't touch that. And then I was like, what, the, what in the name of God am I talking about? Do what you like, yeah. actually. Get mucky and dirty. Don't get stung is yeah. kind of the only rule. Or at oh, least yeah. try not yeah. to get stung. But after that, give it a go. What you're growing here, will you eat any of oh, it? Yeah. Will you bring it home? What's your plan? Well, there's, there's not a lot, obviously, at the moment because of the summer we've had. But say the other day, I was on my way to work, had nothing in the cupboards at home. So I stopped off here and got myself a... A load of tomatoes, some gooseberries, and at least that was something, do you know? And I have to get stuck into the spuds next, so we'll see where we go with that as well. All of this wonderful uh, touching the soil, children mm. being free, all of that. How does that transfer onto the kitchen table? Oh, yeah, like it's made a, it has genuinely made a massive difference. So my background was um, working in, the, in, in Bristol. I, I worked at the University of Bristol. I did my master's there in physical activity, um, nutrition and public health. So I had the theory, you know, and I could talk about the five-a-day messaging and, you know, how important it was to do the 20 minutes of exercise. So I had the theory of it. 
but it wasn't until I actually started growing some of my own food um, through GIY and at this allotment that I like internally really made the connection. Now I know that things like like the sun gold tomatoes that Leah has been growing over the summer like and, and, she's currently, just, eating, and yes. currently munching like they are a, that's what tomatoes are meant to look and taste like and so it now means that I value them more um, I only harvest what I need like when we come over because I'm not going to let any go to waste and it also means there is no way like no way that I could now buy imported tomatoes in plastic from a chilled fridge in a random soup. I mean, I just can't do it. It's so, okay, that sounds very idealistic mm. to many people, okay, yeah. who are there and they've only got X amount of time, you know, even just the stress having to do the evening meal yeah. is oh, enough yeah. to tip them over the edge, Yeah. okay? And you're there and you're saying, well, we come over here and we get our tomatoes and that's how they're meant to eat me. Somebody like that, they said, just don't do that to me. I have enough yeah, on my plate. Let me just grab what's in the local shop. I'm, I'm going to temper everything that I've said you know that there are times when I will go five or six days without washing my hair I'm so busy it's just like ah so it's not like we skip through the meadows over here and all is you know la 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 like a feckin yeah it's not like Enid Blyton wrote our life story it's more about stopping and getting off the kind of hamster wheel of our consumer choices and just starting to make some of them so no, everybody doesn't have access to a space like this. Those that do should use it more. Those that don't should try and find space to create one. You know, instead of instead of that being the roadblock and us going, oh, well, it's lucky for them. No, 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 sorry. Everybody can find space to do something somewhere. And if you, if you can't find space for a community allotment, then everybody has a windowsill. And again... Listen, I haven't been to the gym in two years. I'm the queen of coming up with excuses as to not to do something. And that's all they are. They're, they're excuses. But if you want to do something enough, then you just bloody well start. So once you start growing some of your own food and you realise that there is a genuine, natural, inherent joy of seeing something that you've started from seed, coming to the harvest point, whether it's spuds in a bag in your backyard... You know, whether it's herbs, whether it's salads, like whether it's whatever, you just have a completely different association with food. And then you do, you make better choices as you can thereafter. And if you can't grow it yourself, then at least support Irish producers. And if we all did that, imagine if every single person in their shopping habits said, no, no, enough is enough. We're not, we're not doing this anymore. Stop, stop dictating our consumer behaviour. In fact, we're going to tell you and we're going to vote with our feet and vote with our wallet. We're going to tell you what we want. God, I don't know about you, but after all that chat and being surrounded by food, should we harvest some tomatoes and head home for a bite to eat? Why not? Yeah, sounds good. Let's, Let's head home. Food was honestly really, really important to us, but not from a growing perspective. So there was no growing at home um, in my family. It was, but my my um, my dad's family are farmers from Galway, and my nan and papa here, who are from, who lived in Ladies Bridge, were big growers. So my earliest memory of growing was definitely with my papa in his polytunnel and that smell of tomatoes. So that's my first joy. Food was was. Important, um, but more the kind of sitting, eating together, having chats, as opposed to the the growing of it. The growing of it was definitely sorry. These are the tomatoes now, the famous sun gold tomatoes the from the from the Yeah, and it's funny all the shapes are yeah. mixed up. They're not so look big. at this fellow. Like, yeah. look, I mean, again, I know it's radio, so we can't see. <laughs> so this looks like he's got a little <laughs> appendage there. That tomato. <laughs> so there's definitely, you know, it's certainly not something that you would see in a supermarket no. because this delicious tomato would be just deemed not worthy no. because it doesn't look perfect. What's interesting you said there was the sitting down together was always yeah. important. Yeah. It was good emotionally as well as obviously Yeah, like it was an opportunity you know for us to sit down sorry now I'm just going to yeah, throw, go so- throw on the sausages um, for us to sit down and, and catch up yeah. and chat about whatever was happening in in our respective worlds and there was just the certainty of knowing you know and that that's where the crack would 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 come so you know families 
whether they're an original family, a blended family, a family of two or 22, we need to be able to sit down and chat. And because that's happening less and less, there are children who literally don't know how to use their voice. Because, of course, when you're at the table, whether you're, whether you're arguing for the last sausage or you're sharing an opinion, that's where it happens. Can you remember when you first grew something yourself from start to finish and then ate it? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, it was definitely over at the allotment. Mm. It was Spuds with Dylan and Saoirse. Do you know what? I'm going to be really honest. I kind of did it because I felt I couldn't work for GIY and not grow some food. That felt a little bit hypocritical. So I was enjoying it, but I didn't get it until we went over and we harvested the potatoes. And I literally remember... I can feel it. I can feel the feeling now. Standing at the raised beds, watching my two beautiful children digging through soil, spuds coming up like treasure and just the joy of it and the size of them and the excitement of it. And as cheesy as it might sound, and I don't care, it was just like Christmas morning because you didn't know what was going to happen. And it was, it was that point that I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. This is not just a theoretical thing that I'm doing because... You know, it was health and well-being. Um, it's not something I feel I need to do because of my job. This is right. This is the right thing to do. And to see my kids just getting mucky and dirty was brilliant. So, so that one for sure followed very closely by tomatoes. Sun gold tomatoes, they're a thing. Grow them, eat them. You will never look back. <laughs> You're going to have some now in a minute. I am. I know. I can't wait. Actually, um, and all the children are starving. <laughs> yeah, they're starving. Saying, the Give us those sausages. Sausages are done. So we're going to feed everybody now. Yeah. Which is lovely. Great. Have you found uh, that by maybe growing your own, cooking it, sitting down together as a family, on a personal level, that your children have benefited? Yeah, of co- of course they have. For me, definitely, it's sitting down together over dinner and having the chats is almost as good as, you know, the lovely nighttime chats you have, mm-hmm. putting into bed and you're having the snuggles and you're hearing all the stuff that's going on in the day. Those two times are so precious. For me, knowing that I can sit down with my kids talk about what's going on in the day but also talk about the food that's in front of them that's not all we talk about we also talk about the fact that Arsenal beat Chelsea last week I have to get that in for Dylan you know we talk about Saoirse's unbelievable newfound love for ponies she wants a black stallion called Raven okay. really seriously go. so every every meal that we can have together is um is a lovely thing oh my god I don't know I cared so much <laughs> but it is emotional isn't it it is really when you think about the values that you're passing on to your children. Yeah, it like it it is. Like you asked me a little question earlier in terms of food and, and food memories. I didn't have to think twice. Like they're really strong there for me. And I don't want my children to grow up and just associate me with, you know, I don't know, pizza and chips in front of the TV. Because that's I mean, the odd night, that's grand, but like I want them to, to think of I want them to have happy food memories either through through me or because of me. You know. Right, let's go feed these okay, children. Let's go feed these kids. Where do you want to put it? Do you want to go outside or? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair now, because let's let's not pretend I'm any better than I am. This is a really simple lunch, isn't it? It's it a is. few sausages, a bit of tomato, a bit of bread, apples, and some really good cheese, and of course, the pot of coffee. And here we are, just hanging out, having chats. I feel like I'm in some kind of a makeover magazine programme. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really do. When everything's so lovely and My natural. knickers hanging on the washing line behind you doesn't kind That's of normalise it somewhat. Thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like... That's the mad thing is generally speaking, it's like who needs to be where, when? Have they got the right clothes? And then sometimes you're just hanging out in your backyard listening to Spotify. Swallows are dipping in and out of the place and you take your breath for two minutes and you go, okay, it's all right. That's true. And that is Karen from GIY.ie. 
finishing this edition of Like Family. Thanks to all the families who took part in this programme. Thank you for listening. And this programme was produced by Eileen Hearn. For more information, check out rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.